guys. Hey, guys. Welcome back to The Selfie Show. It's Tori. And Sam. Two besties bringing you all things healthcare, humor. And unpopular opinions. And I am coming in so hot, guns blazing today. I'm fired up. <laughs> This is such a good topic, and I'm so glad. Like, getting you this round up is, like, always it, – it just gives me just – what's the opposite of an ick? Like, it, it gives me a warm gushy. Uh, yeah, that wet and gushy. <laughs> no, here mm, – I never thought in my youth that I would be this crotchety old person that hates on the younger generation. Like, mm-hmm. the funny thing is, millennials, we still get hated on so much. Like, people still think as millennials – that we are 18 and we don't want to work that hard and we just want to go on spring break yeah, and eat our avocado yep. toast mm-hmm. and we don't we know, don't, yep, we exactly. don't value job we don't this it's like we got 401ks we're pushing 40 mm-hmm. we're tired as fuck we're burnt out of the corporate world what no mm-hmm. no thank the you. way that the older the boomers still talk about like millennials still gets the hate from both generations yes we but get now, the bookends yes but now we have these young fucks coming up <laughs> and always trashing on us first you want to come for my skinny jeans and you want to come for my like side part yeah now what are they coming for unpopular opinion there one there is no such thing as millennial pink mm. fuck off like just let me have one thing one thing it. just let me have it let me have it. my skinny jeans are literally out of style honestly Every time I go out now, one, I still wear them because I don't give a shit. I've never had good style anyways. So joke's on you. <laughs> but I just see and I'm so aging myself. We're, we're how, under attack. We're remember under how attack. like mom jeans were so embarrassing when we were young? Yeah. Like there were like the sisterhood the- of the traveling pants. Remember that pair? Yes. And like that was like so like age at the time. But then but like SNL. bell bottoms was a thing. And then bell it was, bottoms like, was cool when we were in junior high. Yeah. Like, we were that back. And then boot boot like the boot cut was really cool for a while. And then it was I don't know. It just, no, once it, skinny jeans hit, it was yeah, like that was, it. that was it. And then there was that SNL skit, the mom jeans one. Yeah. Like, we used to actively like if you wore mom jeans and even yeah. watching our moms wear them, we're like, oh, oh God, no, this no, is like uh, so embarrassing. Like high waisted. Not, yeah. And yeah. then now the fact that like, yeah, they're well, back. Not, like on boyfriend jeans and all that. I just I feel like I instantly show my age just by how I dress. Mm-hmm. And I don't know how to dress any other way. Like, I don't want to look like I'm 20. Right. I'm not. I'm not 20. I'm not trying to look. 20 but i don't want to be like super uncool yeah <laughs> well millennials are under attack so millennial pink specifically yeah. millennial pink isn't just a color it's a movement that took over social media and an entire generation spurring passionate controversy along the way okay so what is millennial pink right so of course they start hearing it on tiktok yeah and they're talking about how it's it's not like bright pink or Barbie pink. It's yes, a very soft it's pink. It's a delicate pink or like Apricot, a pale pink, like blush, yeah. pale Salmon. pink. Yeah, just yeah. anything in that family. But it's supposed to be like feminine, romantic, playful. Yeah. And I feel so attacked <laughs> because if you've ever seen pictures inside my place, once I, I lived with a guy for like you know seven years or whatever so once you can't just have pink furniture right so once I had my own place and I got to decorate for me what did I do Mm. I got all I took away all wood there's no wood it's all like glass mirror and gold furniture but with millennial pink accent <laughs> so i have a velvet light it's a blush color it's a bachelorette pad it's like the best most fabulous bachelorette pad <laughs> i have a pink like big oversized velvet armchair yeah and my dining chairs are all blush right my bedding is velvet blush <laughs> i have like a pink throw pillow a pink it. 
Like there's touches everywhere. It's not like pink just threw up in my apartment, but it's definitely, and my whole thing was like, oh yeah, it's very like feminine and delicate without being like gross, like Barbie pink in your face, like overdone. And now when I start to see all these TikToks talking about millennial pink and how outdated and chuggy it is and I feel so attacked. I even have the millennial pink <laughs> luggage. My o- luggage is away, away. luggage yeah. and it's pink. It's yeah. the millennial pink. It's funny because, okay, so <laughs> I strike myself. I'm actually more of a Barbie pink girly. I'm like, give me all the tacky Barbie pink. I love it. Like Our podcast I, is Barbie pink. Everything's That's Barbie pink. Like, I'm like, Barbie pink. Brand. I'm like, give it to me. I love that neon just color. I've never really been as much of a millennial pink girly. However, But you would never attack. decorate your house in all Barbie pink. Yeah. Like, like it would be wild. accents. It would be accents. It would be fun. Where? Actually, you have none no but you know it's funny because we've been talking about redoing it and so like one of the colors i'm like considering doing eventually when we do this i want to do like a very like deep jade color like i love jade i want to do jade and then i want to do like like a yellow jewel tone and then i want like a bright pink like accent i think it'd be so much fun mr meskin feel about you know what's funny that's the number one question i get and actually i think he'd be into it because like i want something that's so funky and different and like i want to do something that's just completely revamped like you know this like i never actually actually really put together the house like I never really did what you did like yeah, I, yeah, yeah. you know I've just never done it and no, so because you moved in with like you brought stuff from your other places yes. like it's different and I've done that my whole life like mm-hmm. every time you move you just bring your stuff with you totally. and you just kind of maybe add stuff yeah, things here and there but because I was going through a breakup I yep. got I sold I sold brand new furniture that was mm-hmm. only a year old yep. I sold everything and started fresh and that's why I was able to do that's that good but I did millennial pink without knowing it existed. Yeah. And now I feel so attacked because Gen Z is <laughs> hating on it. And I just don't. I love it for you. I love it. I'm like, fine. Maybe I guess I'm like such a millennial. But my unpopular opinion is that Gen Z can fuck off. I don't know. I'm just over them. Like, stop. Stop coming for like, us. I'm happy. It's just rude. let me be happy, guys. Yeah, just let, let me it. like have it and just mm. enjoy my millennial pink and live as I'm wearing a fluffy Literally. Lululemon Millennial Lillial pink, pink. Flu, like literally fleece, fleece moment. Uh, you know what? I'm here for it. Like, <laughs> if you got it, rock it. Do your millennial pink. You know, we don't need the naysayers. We don't need that little we, Gen Z coming for us. Did we, like, like, how do we no. age a color? I don't know. It's a thing. Like, I don't like when we genderize things. It's rude. Like, this is a boy color, totally. a girl color. Now you're gonna age a color. Like, it's a millennial pink. Yeah. I just like pink. Okay. I know. Well, you know what's interesting, too, is, like, things come in such hot cycles. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I feel like red's out right now, but pinks are in. It's always It always comes back around. Something always cycles. I feel like I've always Style had cycle. the same you know? affinity for the same colors and things. Yeah, so. your same likes. I don't know. I saw that. I felt attacked. I'm not okay with it. And I <laughs> wish that Gen Z would just leave me alone and let me be happy. Um, you know, speaking of leading alone and doing our best and leaving our best lives, today's guest, you guys, is leaving or leading her best life possible, which I'm so obsessed with. Truly, because if you go check out our TikTok, she does on Wednesdays we wear pink. I love that. scrubs. And if that's not the most millennial moment ever, we love then this for her. We love this for her. So Absolutely. today we have Dr. Betsy Grunch. She's a board certified surgeon specializing in neurosurgery. Just talk about a total Mm. baddie. Wife, mother, TikTok girl, over like almost 800K on TikTok. Mm -hmm. She has 38 million views. Social media presence bringing women empowerment energy. You Mm. know we love that here at The Selfie Show. She received her bachelor's degree in biology from the University of Georgia, then went to med school at the Medical College of Georgia in Augusta, and then trained in neurological surgery at Duke University, which is like... 
yeah that status amazing and she graduated in 2013 as a neurosurgeon mom and wife she creates content with a light-hearted comedy approach to her medical life dr grunge is dedicated to providing the best care and latest surgical treatments for brain and spine surgery but also empowering women to really go for their dreams she was named top doctor by georgia trend magazine in 2020 2021 and 22 and atlanta magazine's 2022 she has been named uh several under several 40 under 40 lists so you guys she is huge she is amazing buckle up for this fabulous episode with dr grunch let's get into the show So we're going to kick it off with our infamous question that we ask all of our guests. What is your unpopular opinion? My unpopular opinion would be that Mountain Dew plus Malibu rum is a fantastic cocktail. How did that come about deciding to mix those together? Oh my God. My husband did it when, when, one summer, like a, probably like seven years ago, because that's back before I had better dietary choices, and it's amazing. <laughs> well, as someone who used to drink vodka with Capri Sun, I- Pop off, or what was that one that we all drank that was like, not smeared off, but it was like the worst alcohol that you could ever drink, and it went in every- Oh my God, Four Loco! <laughs> I love you so much for naming that. God, Four, Four Loco was just crazy. like flavored Red Bull vodka, because I used to drink Red Bull vodka when I was Those 21. Those are gnarly. You're giving it too much justice. It was not. <laughs> this is no, true. Absolutely not. Well, thank you so much, Dr. Grunch, for coming on today. For those of the listeners who are unfamiliar with you, can we get a little backstory about your journey up to becoming a surgeon? I am a Georgia peach, so I have been born and raised in a small town outside of it. I grew up, my mom and dad got divorced when I was young. I was about one, and I grew up for the first five to six years of my life with my mom being a single mom and a police officer. She was a deputy sheriff and really just a badass. So she got remarried, but I really just idolized her. She was on the dive team. She was like also a 911 dispatcher. She just always had all these cool stories. And I was like the like fat girl nerd in, in school. So I just thought that's, that's what I wanted to be somebody like her. So anyways, whenever I was going into high school, about two weeks before I started high school, she was involved in an on the job accident that left her quadriplegic as a police officer. So she was, was involved in a car accident in her patrol vehicle and had a C4 spinal cord injury. And she did had urgent surgery, did her rehab at the Shepherd Center, which is a fantastic spinal cord injury rehab center in Atlanta. It's really one of the best in the entire country. So that really just changed our whole life. All of a sudden just upended everything I thought I knew about life and future and all that. And so it really just made me want to learn about the spine and about spinal cord injury and like how like something just what I thought was simple just couldn't be fixed. And so I really started trying to learn about neuroscience and spine and spinal cord injury. And I, I told my mom that I was going to be a doctor that could fix. So that's what started my interest in neurosurgery. So I did my undergraduate medical school all close to home so I could be close to her. Very, I'm just very 
tight bonded with my family and then matched in neurosurgery at Duke University in North Carolina and I did my did my training there and eventually came back here which I've been in practice in Gainesville Georgia since 2013. You have a stacked resume, I will say. I'm like, wow, girl. Uh Shout out to Duke. My brother-in-law's in in med school right now at Duke. Wow, awesome. Yeah, that's a great place. Loved my time there. So let's maybe move into your life becoming a surgeon. What was that like for you when you were going through medical school and starting to go through all these, the training? What was this like? Definitely a difficult residency to get into. It was intense i'll say i didn't really know any different but i did my training back before the 80 hour work week was a a thing but the first four years of my residency was not on the 80 hour work week so there were really no work hour regulations so it was like a it was really a free-for-all it was quite crazy and i mentioned i think in some of my videos before and no one really seems to believe them but there were times like during my internship especially I was working like 120 130 hours a week easily like all the time and it was crazy so would not recommend (laughs) that's the way it was is what I thought that was normal wow and in in that field also being a male dominant dominant field how did you navigate that I don't I guess I didn't really look at it that way and I always knew going through medical school and thinking I want to do surgery and in the surgical profession of all sorts, it is, there's no women. And I didn't really see that as something that limited me. It just really, I didn't have the same people that I could like really talk to. And as a role model, I had lots of great mentors, but no one I could really relate to or ask. My mom is a trailblazer. So She was in a very male-dominated field. I mean, being a police officer at that time was like a female police officer was unheard of. So probably about as rare as a female neurosurgeon. So I didn't really, I didn't really think much of it, but it was, it was hard because you're looked at definitely, I think always thought as, I wouldn't say the weak one, but physically different and just, you don't want to complain because you're already kind of singled out, isolated, or at least feel that way. And you don't want to be the whiny one or the bitchy one or whatever. And so that's a, just a, it's a very fine line. And that's not only with colleagues, but it's with nurses or with, with patients just trying to struggle to gain everybody's respect is a totally, at least I felt like a lot more harder to achieve than if I was a guy. So, I mean, it's a, and it's a fine line. You have to create the mentor you wish you had. Right. (laughs) Like you have to become the one because they're not there. It's such an art to be able to do that. It's a Mm -hmm. huge skill. Going back to your training, what was it like going into your first surgery? Like day one, first surgery, you're going in. Terrifying. I think in my training, I mean, it was just when you're early on, you're just like, there to participate, like get the participation trophy, but not really like be responsible for a whole lot of anything. So, so it's fun, but it's also like cons- worried about like knowing, am I going to know all the right answers? Or am I going to know like exactly what we're looking at and what can I do to not mess up? <laughs> so, okay. What is one thing or maybe What's a myth that you want to bust about being a spinal surgeon? All surgeons are unapproachable, rude, and have no family time. Oh, the that's family time one. one's interesting because I yeah. definitely think that's 
the perception is that you guys are always on call and you're always in surgery. Yeah, I I think that is out of all the surgeons that I know, I in where I practice, and I think that mo- most of us really value our family and really take a effort to be around our, our family and our kids. And really, for me personally, that's they're the most important thing in my life. Obviously, love my job, love my patients, but my kids are. I try my best, no matter what. It doesn't always happen, but try my best to you know, be home for dinner every night and put them to bed. So how old are your kids? Four and seven. Okay. Aww. Literally your daughter is so cute. I love seeing your TikToks with your daughter. It's and your son too, when they're reading, I just, I, I, there's something very special about what you're doing. And I think I really like to hear that. And I think that's something that's very important for us in the medical field, right? Because you still want to love what you do. But I do think it's important to have your life outside of the hospital as well. And I think that's something that maybe hadn't been as important or focused on in the past with a lot of healthcare professionals. And I think I, I love seeing your life outside of the hospital personally. I think it's great. Yeah, I think it's important. Obviously, we all like to be nosy into people's lives and some people are more sharing of that. I, I don't mind sharing my life, but I think it's really important for social media is one of those things which all kids are on now. Pretty much everybody's on, but you're looking at especially TikTok, like the young generation are on there and they're so moldable and they're so impressionable. And if we give them this opinion that like you, if you're going to be a surgeon, you're going to have zero family life and have zero life, but some people are okay with that. Like that's what I thought going into it. So I'm like, all right, well, that's just going to be my life. I think showing people to have people with different personalities be attracted to healthcare, understanding what, um, what's out there is so important to really mold the future of healthcare professionals, because you might drive different types of people into there that may not otherwise chose it because they thought that may not be achievable or obtainable. And the cycle of, I will call it toxicity because it is, but this cycle of toxic behaviors in healthcare just get perpetuated because of that same thing. So maybe if we can change our future, we can change that healthcare, the people that go into healthcare and just the whole idealism of physicians and surgeons within there. I don't know. Pipe dream, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, totally. no, 100%. I think a lot of people think about women in medicine that you can't, that you have to delay having children or can't be a mom and things like that because of how demanding the job is. What was it like being pregnant? I mean, you have two kids now, like going through pregnancy and then even the second time around and taking time off and like the postpartum period. How did that look for you? I think it really was more stressful on me than it was on everybody else. I had my kids after I got out of residency, but like I was so worried about it and I was worried about patients feeling like, oh, that I was going to abandon them during my maternity leave, which I only took six weeks. I really worried about having to push my call responsibilities on or coming back to call soon and then not getting enough sleep. And it was, I was just so shocked at how like my patients really, they loved it. They loved seeing me as a mom. They would bring Mm. me gifts. It's so sweet. And always Mm. wanted to see pictures of my kids. And then my colleagues were just so supportive. And like, I even was like, okay, I'm coming back to call it six weeks. And the guy that made the call schedule is like, absolutely not. You're not, you don't know what it's like. He has kids. He's like, 
I'm not putting you on the call schedule till at least three more months because you need to like, you need to take care of your child. And I was just like, wow. Mm -hmm. So everyone, at least in my community was just so supportive. And the, the second, my second pregnancy was the same way. So it was, I was really lucky to, to have that. So it's awesome. Sometimes we need someone else like coming in and helping us like build our own boundaries that we wouldn't have done for ourselves. We put two. Yeah, exactly. I need somebody to tell me what to do because I'm going to push myself way too hard. Well, I think that's a lot of us as women, right? It's like, that's especially women who are driven in medicine. Like that's. Yeah. We don't want to take our foot off the gas because we worked so hard to have our place here. And yeah, we don't want to seem weak. It's tough. Yeah, absolutely. How was it even just being pregnant and such? How long? Okay. How long is a typical surgery? Like how long are you on your feet in the OR? Depends. There's some cases that are like eight, 10 hours. It's awful. Being pregnant. I don't know who said that that's a beautiful thing, but it's awful. I hate it. It's awful. I wouldn't. Real tea. uh, Real tea here. Yeah. I and like trying to wear uh, lead. 15, 20 pounds of lead, because obviously now I really have to protect my child from radiation and standing up all day, being hot, hungry, got to pee every 30 minutes. It's doing long cases were really very exhausting. And I got towards the end of my pregnancy and like those kind of cases were like cases I just really couldn't do. And so I, again, have such great partners. And one of my partners would always help me with like cases that came in that were like that. And I always felt like it's the first, like really the last month was where I had a really hard time standing. And I'll never forget like my daughter, whenever I was pregnant with my daughter, I did this really long charity case. This man had this enormous spine tumor. It took us like me and him like eight hours so challenging and like after that the next day I'm like I can't, I'm done I can't do this anymore that really was what kind of set me into having, having yeah you're yeah. like I don't need to go into preterm no, labor exactly exactly <laughs> so yeah it's a lot how when you were with both pregnancies how long did you work up to the pregnant like to the due dates how long were you how many weeks how many weeks were you doing so I had my son at when I was 39 weeks it was he was like 10 pounds and so my guy yeah <laughs> grow up yeah, he, go girl yeah. vaginal delivery or c-section <laughs> c-section so so the only so okay. fun story the only thing that frightened me about when i found out i was pregnant was the thought of trying to have a vaginal birth like i just was terrified of something coming out down there so <laughs> i don't want no so the second that she told me that he was going to be big and offered me a C-section, I was like, sign me up. I'm ready. So so <laughs> I had scheduled my C-section, I think, for like 39 and 5 or something like that. Anyway, so I actually worked up until, I think, two days before my scheduled section with him. And then my daughter, wow. since it was a repeat C-section, I got to schedule that. I scheduled her at 39 weeks, but I went into some preeclampsia towards the end, probably because I worked too hard. And so I did take like a week before. I couldn't stand anymore. I was just like, so my feet hurt. I had SI joint pain. Everything hurt. So I think at 37 weeks, I stopped operating and working. And then I had her at 38 weeks. So Wow. That's a long time to still work up to in such a like, I feel like your job is very mentally demanding, but it's also physically demanding. Yes, absolutely. What is it in terms of fast forwarding now, 
what I love about much of your content is you speak to motherhood and that side of your life. What is it like balancing your professional life with your personal life? Like I love the dynamic of learning of like as a mom, how do you balance quote unquote all of this? I feel like I'm finally getting the hang of it, but my kids are four and seven, but yeah, it's tough. I think the hardest thing for me initially when they were really young is like trying to, my husband works part-time from home, but really is mostly stay at home and him and like little babies, like freaked me out a little bit. I don't know how comfortable y'all are with your men taking care of small children, but it was rough. It was rough. So we did have help. We had nanny and like always trying to like, you know, make sure that was just super stressful. But now that they're more older and independent, both my daughter's in preschool still, when they're functionally free of diapers and independent, it's made it so much more not as stressful. And I know they're pretty self-sufficient for the most part. And it's just helped me really, we can establish a good routine. We've got good schedules like bedtime and then I try to take them to school every day yeah. and it's just, so my job is to take them to school every day and then my husband picks them up every day and does the dinner. So like we just have our roles and it just makes it so much easier. So yeah, it's gotten better. Yeah. I think like, it's funny because listening to so many moms who have come on the show and just hearing how it goes, it's like, it's interesting because every chapter brings its own new Mm -hmm. greatness and also setbacks so it's interesting to hear how and I love hearing how women are the evolving with their kids and like okay this is the new thing and we're doing this now and but it's overwhelming because we don't have kids yet and so we're like we're gonna take all the tips we can possibly get <laughs> yeah girl it trusted rocks your world man it's, you think you know what you're doing and you think you can like judge other moms and then you getting to do it and you're like just wow it's yeah this it's intense as a surgeon how does it feel going into the or for a c-section as a patient so i was really freaked out about getting the spinal and someone sticking needle in my spine because you, yeah. you might know a thing or two about spines the anesthetist that yeah. did my spinal i could tell that she was like a little nervous but i'm like oh god so, and it, they did great. Both of my C-sections, I couldn't feel a thing. It's completely flawless, but fun story. So I, when they first, I can't remember if it was my first or second one, but they shine the spotlights on, obviously on my abdomen, but where I was laying, I could see like the reflection of my surgery in the reflection of the light. So oh, like, I, that's <laughs> actually yeah, yes. Cool. And I, <laughs> Yeah, I feel like actually yeah, maybe so I cool. like watched the whole thing and I didn't want to tell them that I could see it because I didn't want them to take it away so I couldn't see. <laughs> yeah, no, seriously, like there's some people where that would send them like they yeah. would be could not handle it, but I'm the type where I'm like I had plastic surgery and I gave the OR nurses my phone and was like take videos and pictures. <laughs> I want to see everything. Yes, I loved it. Did you get, I feel like if I knew that we were operating on a spinal surgeon for whatever reason in the OR, like if I was NICU, I feel like I would be really nervous. Did you hand select your team? Like, <laughs> did you say I want so-and-so or no, they just were like, I would not want an the anesthesiologist. I know, the, I wouldn't either. I the spinal on you. <laughs> no, I, well, I did select obviously my OBGYN that delivered, I chose her but the rest of the team no I just wanted it to be who she felt comfortable with because I know me as a surgeon like 
if I hand selected someone else that's going to be in my aura that doesn't vibe, then that's not really going to. So I'm like, whatever works for her works for me. Was your husband in the room for the C-section? Like, did he watch? He did. The actual C-section? How did he handle it? Not well. He just like looked at me the whole time. He doesn't do blood, guts, none of that <laughs> now. So he was just like, he so wouldn't funny. cut their cord, like the umbilical cord. No. Absolutely. Oh, really? Ah! Nope. He's one of those dads. Oh, we know them well. We know them well. Yeah, no, <laughs> we do. But not, no. Yeah, it's like the dads who are fainting on the side. Yeah, like just passing out. And we're like, oh, great. Now we have another patient. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Oh, we love it. What would you say is the most important or significant thing you've learned in your career as a spinal surgeon? I think learning uh, really that life can change at any moment. It's just we should be so pressed to really understand like anything time anything can change whether that's trauma or injury stroke whatever so I just think just enjoying the moment and really valuing every experience that you have whether or not it's with your family with your work team there's just no room to try to carry a lot of anger and resentment and just be rude it's just really best to just do your best to take care of patients enjoy your family and just really enjoying what you do because if you don't find some way to enjoy what you do is just going to be a miserable existence. So that's the one thing that I've really, really learned over the years is just even the things you really don't like doing, just try to find some kind of joy in them to make it pleasurable because, because you only get to do this thing one time around. So hundred percent. Wait, okay. I want to do this. A TikTok style question. <laughs> what are like the top, let's say three things that you would never do now that, you know, as a neurosurgeon, you would never do. Like things we should not be doing at all. Like in life. In life. <laughs> in life. Okay. So I've done like the top five things that I would never do as a neurosurgeon, as a spine yeah. surgeon. So I think number one, I would not ride in a vehicle without a seatbelt. That's pretty, that's pretty, Yeah. whatever that yeah. goes with everything. Yeah. But I think one thing that we don't really realize that we do is we're not aware of our surroundings. So I think a lot of injuries and accidents that I see are people that just like are expecting one thing and then <laughs> encounter another thing. I think one thing that's unfortunately common is like people that are in somebody else's homes and then they don't like, let's say they're thinking they're oh. opening the door to the bathroom, mm. but they're really the basement. And I've seen so many people like fall down because of that. Yeah, I just don't think I'd ever ride a motorcycle on the street. I just what my husband does. Oh, you let him? <laughs> I wouldn't let my You're ex. You're not throwing that way. My ex wanted a motorcycle, and I said nope. no. <laughs> yeah, I let him do his thing. I can't control him. So I, even though we want to try to, but he's got to have his thing. We know. He's got to have his thing. Yeah. So. Are there <laughs> any sports no. you wouldn't let your children oh. participate in, or like activities? I love football. I would let my kids play football if they so desired. I don't think so. I'm a very like sports oriented person. So I think every everything has its risks. The quicker you tell somebody and try to right. push them away for something, the quicker they want to do it. For example, motorcycles and my husband purchasing one, <laughs> two or three. <laughs> I 100% get that. It's like the dark, it's the opposite effect there. But I want to get into this because I, this is how we found you originally. Social media and everything that you're doing. How did this all start? Like what was like video number one? Okay, we're going to try this thing out. What? Where was your mindset with that? 
I, like most people during the pandemic, I downloaded the TikTok app. I don't really get into it a whole lot, to be honest. Like I used it to create a few videos when we were bored. Myself and my PA made a few videos while we were like bored because no one would come into the office. We couldn't see patients, all that kind of stuff. And so we made a few reels on Instagram because I was more of an Instagram person than anything else. Like trying to make people feel comfortable with telemedicine and like, and it just, we did a few fun videos and I realized it was a little easier to record in the TikTok app than in the Instagram app, even though I didn't know a damn thing about TikTok. So I did one, <laughs> I did one video and I saved it, posted it and saved it. And then I don't know, I posted on TikTok and my, I don't know why I did have it private for some reason I made it public. I think it's because in order to copy the link, you have to be public. So anyway, I went, I wouldn't call it viral in this day and age because it's a different definition. For the that time for it me, was viral. A yeah. lot of, it had yeah. a lot of views, had a lot of engagement, a lot of good feedback. And some of it's because I was dancing horribly. It was that, that trend where you <laughs> tap your hands together. Uh, that one, oh, that yeah. one, I was offbeat because I had imported it in and it didn't really go along with the music anyway. So it was, I was like, well, this is fun. And the real went very popular on Instagram too. And I, don't, I just think because that was, I was talking about being a woman in neurosurgery. And of course, I don't think there's very many of us that are on social media. And so that kind of took off and there was a lot of comments and I was like, Oh, okay, well, this is fun. And so I did a few more and then my, I decided that, okay, I'm going to like really give, I started following some more medical influencers and I'm like, yeah, I can do this. So I did some research and I'm like, I'm going to, I'm going to do what all the people are saying and be consistent about posting your content. And I'm just going to do it for like two months to see what happens. So I went from having like three followers, which were all my family to having like, <laughs> to having like, I think like 50,000 followers in just a couple of months. And I was like really oh. the way you can grow on TikTok is just so much more easier than on yeah. on Instagram and yeah. I just thought it was I thought it was really cool. So I just it just kind of grew from there really. So Does your team do they help you like plan out the content? Like how do you guys do your content? And how are you staying up with the trends cuz you're so good about staying up <laughs> with the trends? So I wish to say that they they do somewhat, but I would say 95% is my own. I just usually will spend like 30 mi minutes a day just going through my FYP and find, I'm like, oh, that sounds, that looks like fun ad or whatever. And I follow like some people that are social media influencers and stuff. So I'll get good ideas from them. But yeah, no, I mean, my, my team loves TikTok for the most part, so but funny. they, yeah, they'll, they're, they'll be willingless or participants or unwilling participants sometimes. And we just were, if you can probably tell through our videos, but we're just a group of we're we work together, but we're also very close friends. And so it's just a fun thing that we do together. And it's just grown, grown to be fun. And my everything, all the platforms are just took off. And so I actually hired two months ago, my one of my best friends to help me with it just because it's gotten so it's so it got too much. I was just really time consumed by trying to I'm a micromanager. I can't help it. And 
I really want to like read every comment and like block people that are being trolls. And it was just really overwhelming and stressful. And I'm like, I, I don't have enough hours in the day to do this crap. So anyway, she's really helped me and it's liberalized me from trying to read all the comments and get too invested in all the drama and it's been really it's been really good yeah I love it it's just such a fun journey to watch you what and actually this is a question we love to ask and because here over the selfie show we're very pro the things that are going on social media to me are largely great I love it because it's providing education access to resources we're talking about heavy topics and everything but what's your thought about healthcare in social media like what's off the cuff. What are your thoughts on it? Yeah, it's a slippery slope. I've seen um, a lot of influencers. I guess that's what you would call them. You know, (laughs) it can be good and it can be bad. I think it portrays us in a really good light. It could be very educational. But I also think that some people use it like to promote more toxicity within healthcare that can really just be harmful. Obviously, talking about, you know, patients or using it to try to poke at something that really shouldn't be poked fun of can be a little cringy. And I've definitely done it before. So I'm not saying that I haven't learned lessons along the way of ways to do it better, but we all have. Yeah. We all make stupid mistakes and think something was a good idea. Or Mm -hmm. I think it's mostly out of like, you think it's going to perceive be perceived something. And then you post it and you're like, Oh, I did not even see it going that way at all. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, when you, in terms of platforms and like talking about platforming things what is your most valuable like core idea like when you're posting is there something that you think about when you're posting it or are you like just posting and just like not thinking about it at all I try well I used to but I try to think of it from all aspects how almost I would say almost all my patients watch it now. Like it's rare that I have a patient that doesn't know that I'm not on social media. So I try to perceive what I'm posting at its core of how it would perceived by someone that I'm taking care of, but also like how other people might look at it and view it. And I really try to be about everything, even when I'm being silly and funny, but just trying to understand how it may be taken from multiple perspectives and sometimes I post something without thinking about it and it usually goes okay but sometimes backfires oh the internet's a fickle place I mean, sometimes like, like you, you don't never know. know you never know sometimes yeah. and then it is it's a mixed audience yeah yeah you think you're doing something good and then you're like damn like I posted a video last night about my weight loss journey. Cause that's really been a huge thing for me. And, and then I had this like backlash of people saying that I was like fat shaming. And I'm like, where did that come from? I never oh said that. You can't win. Right. You yeah. Can't you can't win. win. Right. It's like, oh God. no, I've had that like happen too. I've posted about like weight loss. I've lost over like a hundred ish. Wow. 150 pounds awesome. went in there. And like, it's like, if you post a before and after picture, it's like, I'm not saying that the after or the before was bad, Yes, but at some point, like I do work in healthcare yeah. and I understand that you can be larger and BMI is stupid and things like that. And it's not a direct correlation to health, but there is also certain things that we know that will affect your health. And it's like, it's not, 
yeah, the like we get so overboard with the body positivity and fat shaming. And it's like, if I want to feel better and be healthier and you have kids and you want like, it's not fat shaming to Mm -hmm. have this personal journey, but yeah, sometimes you end up on the wrong side and you're like, what just happened? Mm -hmm. I'm just being like, I'm just sharing my story. Sharing a journey. Yeah. Agree. Yeah, it's a little wild Can't out there. Win. It's a jungle. It is. Can't win. It is. Can't win them all. No, and the quicker that you realize that, like, I think the people that post consistently on social media are a totally different breed. And it, it's brought, I thought going mm-hmm. through neurosurgery residency was hard. Going through a social media journey is incredible. <laughs> I mean, like, this crap that you get and this shit people say about you is just like, wow. Like, yeah. anyway, but I digress. Yeah. I think people do forget that sometimes you're a real human behind the video and behind the screen. So it's like, they don't know you. So they'll just sometimes be completely ruthless with what they post. And you're like, you would never say that to someone's face Mm -hmm. ever. It's wild to me. Agree. Is there a myth you want to bust about your social media or something about social media? I would guess the fact that people, I think some people think that I hate men. Like, (laughs) Oh, People think that about me all the time, and that's not true. I and that might be on brand for us anyway. I don't tolerate stupid men. <laughs> yeah. I also don't tolerate stupid women. You're right. happily married, so there's that. Yeah. yeah, or like this, the fact that like I don't have any male members on my team, and I therefore won't hire any males or anything like that. No, it's just like that's just where I'm at with my team and where I bond, and there are reasons why I have mm-hmm. certain genders on my team and no I like men I treat everybody the same it just I just have an all-girls team and there's nothing wrong with that I will say I happen to love all of your pink scrubs that we wear pink on Uh Wednesday yes so on brand you guys are so cute I'm like loving it how did this all women team come about I so my medical assistant obviously is a woman. I don't think I know very many male medical assistants, but my my <laughs> PA I hired when I was first starting in it. I was a 32-year-old woman and who barely gets thought of as the physician as it already is. So when I was looking to hire a PA, I needed somebody who was a female and younger than me so people would actually think I'm the doctor. <laughs> So (laughs) I hired Erica and Erica is like one of my best friends. She's fabulous. She's a great provider and friend. And it just screws me. Now I have four PAs, all women that are younger than me. I don't know why that is, (laughs) but no, I've actually had one, one male PA. He is amazing. Brandon and wear pink on Wednesdays. He he wouldn't wear pink. That's why. (laughs) No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, we we got to get (laughs) all in line, Brandon. (laughs) But my partner had an opening in his practice, so Brandon is more working with him. But yeah, I think just being a female physician, it's hard to have someone, a male assistant, because to be honest, like most people assume that they're Mm -hmm. the physician. And it's a hard, I already struggle with that somewhat. Not so much now that I'm getting a little old. But, but yeah, though our team functions well together, we're, it's a really fun, it's a really fun group. So what are your favorite videos to make? I really like making the funny ones. I like to make, I love the ick, the ick series you did was really cute. I liked how you guys did it. It was really fun. Yeah. Yeah. I just, I like those videos when we just make humor out of things. And those are the most natural to me because that's the personality I have is to try to poke fun at most things. So those are fun. I hate I'm not a dancer. My PAs usually will want the dances. I I struggle 
Lauren, they usually yell at me and I fuck it up like 25 times until they're like, okay, we're going to, we're going to cut the less part of the dance off and just let, but yeah. I feel that. I honestly think it's the biggest flex though, being like a female neurosurgeon like that. And because I obviously I've been a nurse for 11 years, but now I work in medical device sales and I wear scrubs everywhere. So I'll be at the airport sometimes in scrubs if I I'm catching a quick flight and have to run straight to a meeting or whatever. And people always assume I'm a travel nurse because of the scrubs. And I'm like, if I was male, I feel like they would assume, oh, are you a doctor? Yes. Are you a, oh, like, and my partner that I work cl- closely with and travel closely with is a male and he's not in healthcare. He's literally just the sales rep and has only ever worked in sales, but still wears scrubs. And one time we were somewhere and they asked us and we were both in scrubs and they looked at him and they said, hey, are you an OBGYN? And he's like, no, I work in sales. I literally don't know anything about medical. She's a nurse, like what's, she was a NICU nurse actually, like what what's going on? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, and my actually go-to as a, like to stick it to people sometimes when they're like, oh, like scrubs, are you a travel nurse? I'm like, no, I'm a neurosurgeon. <laughs> which I'm not, but like, I'll just look them dead in the eyes just to watch them be uncomfortable. And I'm like, actually just kidding. I am a nurse, but I don't even work as one anymore. I'm in device sales. It's interesting. That was your assumption. And I'm like, it's always funny. Cause I always use that as my like, <laughs> Go like gotcha there. Like you, why are you assuming that? So I'm like, what a flex to actually say that. But like, it's yeah. true. <laughs> yeah. You are her living. You're like my, my, what I used to like prove people. Yeah, that is my favorite. You're right. That comes out and they really are thinking that I'm a nurse that like crawl under the table, like insert foot into mouth behavior response is one of my uh-huh. favorites. So I'm just like, what? <laughs> so What is like best and worst part of social media for you? Best part, I think, is just really being able to connect to such a wide group of people. It's just given me such a I just feel like so fulfilled that I'm able to really inspire so many people across a multitude of not even healthcare, like people just that enjoy watching powerful women. It's just as so I feel like so, I don't know, honored to be able, I just, I just think of myself as a random person. And so just like seeing people and then they feel like almost like fangirling or celebrity moment. It's, it happens so much. It's just, it's weird, but it's really flattering. And I think the worst is really just the stuff that we just discussed and people just really assume so much about you by knowing so little Mm -hmm. about you and belittling you or trying to just be jealous Mm -hmm. and take their rage out on you or it's just, it, it, I love to block and delete those. I do block, too. Delete. Bye. You. Yeah. I am. I had to learn that about from that Tori because I was like, mm. uh, okay, I'm going to get into this argument with an internet stranger. And for what? No, right. I um, have zero. I'm like, I am all about that. I'm like, you are coming into my house. This is my house. You are not allowed to tarnish that. And if someone's going after someone, I'm it's, so we don't have energy for that. We are just, we are in a good space. Yeah. We are creating happy, good platforms and I, I love that yes if you don't want to be a part of that bye. You, girl. bye bye well and the women empowerment piece is why we really wanted you on this show because we really love highlighting and platforming successful women with a strong voice Absolutely. so that's like what we're so stoked on you about yeah well thank you <laughs> do you know what your most viral video has been 
What's your most viral video? The video that has the most views would definitely be my like transition videos. I think I have two that really, yeah, which is funny. Like where I'm scrubbing in, like when I go from being normal person to scrubbing in those videos, like there's, there's some that didn't get so many views, but the ones I have one that's got like almost 14 million views, which is the highest viewed video I've ever had. And to be honest, I like almost didn't post that one because my mouthing of the words was slightly off and it irritated the shit out of me, but I posted it and I'm like, whatever, it's fine. And it like took off and it was just, yeah, it was cool. And then my car videos too, those ones really got, get a lot of views. And I almost feel, I don't, I love cars. But I, I almost feel like if I was a man posting those videos, I would get viewed so much differently. Like people would, pro- I would probably have more negative feedback. But so I feel guilty about that. But not really. <laughs> we love that for you. What's your absolute favorite surgery to perform and least favorite? Yeah, I get asked that question all the time. I really like all surgeries that I do. Don't necessarily hate any surgery I do. There's reasons why I like one surgery over another, but. Probably my most favorite surgery would be a subdural hematoma evacuation, which is where we remove a blood clot on the brain. Just really like that adrenaline rush. Although I don't want to do it like maybe like a couple times. Every day. No, absolutely not. (laughs) Really, really. I feel the adrenaline rush on the other side. Yeah, like bringing the patient in because I did transport like flight nursing. And when we'd go to pick up a subdural hematoma, I would be like, oh, shit. Yeah. Yeah, shit, shit's Please about to go down, right? But on the other end, it's just like, like yes. Like, we'll meet you in CT. Yeah. Right. Yeah. right. Wait, I got to know, what do you, can you weigh in on Derek Shepard's death? Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> From a true professional. Yeah. I need the thoughts. Yeah, I think that, I think that I, I love Derek Shepard, but yeah, I think that was, they just, they did him dirty there. <laughs> they did him dirty, but... Yeah. Should what would the burr holes have saved him? I I it's unclear. It's unclear. It's unclear. Okay, I just was like, well, this has haunted me for a long time in my life. <laughs> I think it would have. I think that was just a way. It's such a bad way to have him go out, but. Yeah, I'm just glad I could finally get an expert's uh, expert <laughs> she, she take on an expert's opinion. on Darren Shepard's death. <laughs> Okay, I want to know, do you have any surgery rituals? Like, are are there a pair of socks that you're wearing? Is there, like, something that you're doing before or after surgeries? Our, like, way that we do our timeout and that we, so if you've been in an OR, you count the instruments, you count the patty, like, the needles and stuff. So my scrub tech, we have this, I guess you would probably call this a ritual that has, it's not really like special. It's just something we do, but instead of counting the needles, like two, four, six, eight, we count it three, six, nine. And then I'm supposed to say, damn, she's fine. So (laughs) I love love you so much. It's amazing. Wait, so who controls the music in the OR? Is it you or do you let your other people get a choice sometimes? Yeah. So usually I'll try to pick, but most of the time, like if I'm a surgery center, we don't have speakers in our OR because we're in a like ratchet ass. That's so fun. So I have my little Bose mini speaker and I hook it to my phone. So I have to like connect everything 
and make it play. But at the hospital, we have more advanced technology. And so usually just the once we started the case and everything, all the counts are done and we've made incision, then my circulating nurse turns on the tunes. Do you have a preference? Yeah. Like, what are we listening to? Are we doing country? Or are we doing no. rap? Like, what are, where are we at? <laughs> no. I've been with you any day. <laughs> come on. No. 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 no country. Okay, what are we listening to? 90s country, Hip-hop, maybe. Are we doing no. Garth Brooks? We're Garth, here for Wynonna. that. Garth, Wynonna. Wynonna, yeah, right, okay. Fine. But no, I like I like top top hits. I love '90s hip hop, and I like EDM music depending on okay. what I'm doing and the level of focus. So we had an EDM music day on Friday, and it was awesome. EDM music would give me like a oh, brain see, bleed. Uh, oh. EDM would give me an actual brain bleed. Sometimes it like induces seizures in me. Like I can't. It, like grates on my like physical nerves <laughs> but the 90s hip-hop i would be like totally that's in your right. or like regulators right. mount up that's right like, ready for it <laughs> okay i have a question for you how did you and your husband meet so we met on eHarmony, believe it or not online oh wow oh, that's a thrill love this, this is like pre pre-app days okay. when you had right be on, like, oh yeah there was no apps right? yeah no <laughs> yeah so this was two 2009 mm-hmm. and so really you had like eHarmony, match.com and i think that was pretty much it oh, and i he and i this is when i was a uh, i started eHarmony when i was like in my junior residency so i was super busy didn't really have a lot of time but i really did more delved into it more like when i was on my neurology rotation which is a little chiller but actually he and i he was like one of my top first five matches so so the way those works is like when you you know you sign up you're matched with a bunch of people and then you can choose to reach out to each other and then talk but I would never like when I first started I'm like no I'm not I'll just let them talk to me so he never had messaged me and like two years later he sent me a message and I was like oh I remember seeing that profile (laughs) right right better late than never I guess yeah (laughs) Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Smart man. Smart man. (laughs) Also, I like your style of like, I'll wait. You could come to me. That's why I won't do Bumble because on Bumble, the girl has to reach out first. And I'm like, no, that doesn't work. No, (laughs) no, 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 I don't like that. Okay. Well, do you have a good piece of advice for the selfie audience or maybe like a life motto? How do you live your life? I think just being, being yourself, loving yourself living in the moment and just realizing my, my motto has always been that you just never know when something is going to change. That's one reason why I have my lightning bolt necklace because anything can change in an instant. So it just really reiterates the fact of being happy in the moment and doing your best. I love your energy. Oh my God. You are just so much fun. I absolutely adore you. Thank you so much for coming on today. Truly. When I say this, I am obsessed with your content. Like when I go, I'm not kidding you, Betsy. When I go on TikTok, you're always one of the first things to pop up and I love it. You make me so happy. Everyone who's listening absolutely should go watch you. I think you're very, you're so inspirational. And I know it's maybe weird to like, take that on or feel that but you truly mm-hmm. when I say this I love everything you're doing 
And I think a lot of us in the medical field could really take some, I'm learning from, I'm like, oh, she did that trend. So I want to start doing that trend or just how we can educate and share stories and empower women. And I just, everything you're doing is phenomenal. We work in such a serious atmosphere and it is serious, but we also need a space where we can have fun, provide education, make relations. Like we're also just, we're not robots. So I like that people get to see the human in you. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, I appreciate you. And I Absolutely. love, like, actually, whenever you messaged out to me to do this podcast, I'm like, oh, my gosh, is that going to be? Because I follow you, too. And I was like, oh, so this is exciting. Because usually I get random at podcast invites. I'm like, I don't know who this person is. But they have, like, yeah. But anyway, thank you. Thank you. I'm honored. Yeah. Well, and you're our kind of girl, too. Yeah. yeah we're well, like a spicier podcast. We're like, don't want to yeah. just sit here and talk like boring medical. We're yeah, like, we, give us the, great. The, the I juice. love the fun stuff. Yeah. We want the fun stuff. And we're very thankful for your time. So thank you so much for coming on. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. I had fun. Thanks, guys. Uh, she's fun. I, I want to work there. So <laughs> obsessed with her. And like, I love her videos with her daughter. She's so cute. I'm just living for I it. I would love to work in an atmosphere that was so like women empowerment. Absolutely. I just, I love that she's leading that. And she's really, I don't know, it's very, very forward facing. And I think I love this conversation of really breaking the mold, right? And like bringing that back, that curtain and really having fun in the med, like we can actually have fun in the medical field yes. and enjoy our jobs and enjoy our coworkers. It and exists. It's it out there, exist. you guys. It does exist. We love this for us. So we hope you guys enjoyed this. Um, let Betsy know what you thought of this episode. Yes. Drop her a DM, like let her know what you thought. Uh, we right were on TikTok. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much, you guys, for being here with us. As always, make sure you are following us on our IG. That's at C-E-L-L-F-I-E underscore podcast. You can find all the goodies there linked in our bio. And if you go to our bio, honestly, this is the last week to book Bali. Yes. Book Friday, March 3rd. So if you just have this YOLO, like, fuck, I really need a vacation. Yeah. And you want it all planned for you and you want to just fly there and show up and just have the best time. We have been. We'll be there. Well, it's really exciting, too. We have another meetup that we're going to be doing in about a month with everybody we are booking flights together so you definitely won't be doing that alone we're you know doing our packing list together we're having we're just having a great time getting ready so definitely join the fun you guys come with us we're pumped and thank you for all the five stars on spotify and your apple reviews if you leave a review on apple podcast just drop your ig handle in it so we can reach out to you and send you free stuff absolutely and make sure you're following us on our insta that's at nurse tori and at hey samantha with two a's and we'll catch you on Friday. Ooh, Friday bonus is Get excited. spicy. Talk fun. about more unpopular opinions. Yeah, yeah. It's going to be good. Boop. Boop. All right, you guys. Bye. Bye.